0: I didn't realize that prison had a rape section and a non-rape section. I'm Jackie.
1: Duke gets some boobies tattooed on his back. Justice! I'm Justin.
2: Eat shit, Eastwood. This is my lawn. I'm Charles Brunson, and this is Kinjite Forbidden subjects on Stinker Madness.
1: <laughs> Hello, welcome to Stinker Madness. Poor Bad Movie Lovers by Bad Movie Lovers. I am your host, Justin, Jackie. Uh, This week on the podcast, currently streaming on Amazon Prime, from 1989, a canon movie starring Charlie Bronson, of course, directed by J. Lee Thompson, and uh, it's called Kinjite, Forbidden Subjects. Uh, Sam, go to you.
2: So this is the end of a long collaboration of filmmakers that starts with... (laughs) St. Ives, which I feel like they sort of, they feel that they really captured a magic with St. Ives, and I need to go back and watch that the second it becomes sort of affordably available. This movie has been on my radar because it was the same way. I've been trying to actually find an affordable way to see this, and it finally came on Prime. There's a reason why Mm. it's been unavailable (laughs) other than bootlegs and things, because it was heavy, I guess, at it's heavy now. It was super heavy the then. The subject
1: um, is, the movie itself may not be, though. We'll get into that later.
2: Oh uh, Yeah, I mean, it's got a... The, the end sequence is a Borderlands uh, level boss. <laughs> Just, it, it is. is. Uh, it's a canon movie. Uh-huh. And I mean, that's where these guys ended up, is that they worked together for a long time, and then they got on this gravy train, because they're... Quite a few of their movies they did together were for canon, and it was basically Charlie's like, hey, guys, these these folks don't really watch too much about what we're doing, so we can do whatever. Yep. And they did. And they were all aging. Uh, they were very age-ed when they got on the canon gravy train. And this is the last one. This is like, I think this shit grape's finally out of juice.
1: Let's squeeze it for what it's got. Charles Bronson was 68 in the making of this film.
2: And I think it works. Like, that's one of the main criticisms this film receives is that he's too old to play this cop. And I'm like, he's pretty much the right age to play this well, cop. Well, he
1: would have to be retired. You, you, I don't think you can cop forever. I, I think that you get pushed out.
2: Make him a PI. Yeah. With a checkered past, yeah. it still works. The character yeah. works, right? Okay. Whether or not he's forced out by LAPD Vice, mm-hmm. do they for- do they fucking force people out of Vice? That's, That's the thing. The like, whole Vice plot is speed, one of them-
1: Sam. They give you a gold watch and a pension. Well, now I'm going to blow everybody up.
2: Yeah, but they weren't working Vice. That's huh? the thing. It's hard to get anybody to work Vice because this is what fucking happens at Vice. <laughs> right? This is the fucking job. Uh-huh. <laughs> Another, like, one of the like, criticisms at the time that this is happening is uh, the racism, I guess was too much. His, his character was too racist. And he's like, said something to be like, what does that have to do with little girls skirts? And then walks off. Like, if that's what you took from this movie, I'm smashing <laughs> your face into the bar. I'll cover the cost of the nachos. His face covered the cost of your bar. <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> like, that's what you got out of this? Because that part of it is somewhat like he's, he even in, states like I'm too racist for this assignment and then does his job anyway. Like it's like bad there's so much bad shit that happens in it that like whoever got focused on that and asked the question, he should have said yeah that okay I'm walking <laughs> right. off because you missed a bunch.
1: <laughs> you missed a bunch of worse shit. Right. Uh yeah we'll get into his so, racism as well. Um it's so weird. I mean no I'll save it, I'll save it for the end. Uh, the recommendations. This is a weird movie. I'm not even sure if it is a movie. I don't think I don't think yeah, it qualifies. Something. If you need to make a checklist I, of like, does it do this, 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 and this to to define something as a film, I, I don't know if this does. <laughs> it's just wandering cutscenes.
2: Yeah, no, there's really like you got J. Lee Thompson who was on the front end of the social realist movement. I mean Yes, J. Lee Thompson did some kind of bad, uh, I think, Bronson movies at the end there with Canon, did... but you're also looking at a guy that won three
1: BAFTAs yeah. on one he movie. He directed uh, The Guns of Navarone. Uh, yeah, and Cape and Fear. And Cape Fear, and also uh, King Solomon's Mines and Messenger of Death, two Steger Madness movies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. on three.
2: But he did uh, Ice Cold and Alex won three BAFTAs. And uh, a woman in a dressing gown basically cleaned house at the 7th Annual Berlin Film Fest. And he he directed 45 right. movies. Uh, this is a guy, and he's old. Mm-hmm. This is the last movie he does. It's the last movie they do together. Uh, Poncho Conner is a pretty working uh, producer that hitched onto the wagon. He actually worked 10 movies with Bronson, whereas Jay Lee only worked 9. But they both did, they all three did the sort of, the run of 9 that, Bronson and Jay Lee did together. Um, The one that they do think it catches the magic, though, is St. Eyes. That's where they get. However, critics would think that the next one, White Buffalo, is sort of their best hoorah together, the Western that they had done.
1: Uh, Yeah. Which is a weird movie as well, because it's Wild Bill Hickok teaming up with Crazy Horse, which is a strange... Calm it's down.
2: a strange yeah. movie, but especially as ex post facto, like 30 years or 40 years later or whatever, people are like, wow, that's a wild movie. You should it's check it like out.
1: It's almost like Bubba hotep Only better. The plot is they're going to take down a killer albino buffalo, wild bill, and crazy horse. It's like Bubba Hotep weird. It's
2: really sort of like a movie form of... Alan Moore's League of Extraordinary Gentlemen graphic novel. Right. (laughs) In terms of its weirdness and its wildness. Because the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie gets nowhere near what the graphic novel Uh does, but White Buffalo sort of does.
1: Uh, Let's go go to you, Jackie. Um, I think you were absent for both Sam's Charles Bronson rundown and Messenger of Death, which I think was just Sam and I. Where are you on Charles Bronson?
0: Well... I don't really think of him at all. <laughs> you are nowhere on Charles Bronson. <laughs> yeah, I, he's not even on my radar, guys. <laughs> I, I'm i like, oh, I recognize that guy. And you're like, Charles Bronson. And I was thinking he was kind of hot, steamy mess. And then the main character comes on. I'm like, oh, that's not who I was thinking of. huh? I don't know who the hell this guy is. This must be Charles Bronson.
1: The man that looks like he should be perched on top of a building to scare off birds.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but he's
2: sixty eight, right? Like Charles Bronson in Hard Times. That's you know that's a, that's a slab of meat right there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just don't think anything of him. Well, yeah,
1: I mean, you, you did. Uh, I think you did Death Wish, the first one. Uh, I know. I thought. I thought you saw that. Nope,
2: one. that was just you and me because she wanted no part okay. of it, and you were like falling asleep
1: halfway yeah, through it. All right, she, you had to watch some Charlie Bronson movie with us at some point.
0: I I think I probably did, but I. Don't think about him. He
1: just doesn't enter your existence. No, that is a fair statement. I can't be like what or you're wrong, buddy.
0: I mean, I think he did a good job on this film.
1: <laughs> did okay? Oh, did you
0: watch it? Yeah, I did. <laughs>
1: that that I'm going to question.
0: <laughs> um, He's an excellent guy with starting fires. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's what I think about him. He knows how to start a fucking fire.
2: What he said about why you like to work with Jay Lee Thompson is, is most directors will make you do stuff at least three times. Jay Lee, he only makes me do it twice. I mean shit, I'm Charles Bronson. What else are you going to bet?
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's a bit of a wet
2: blanket. Charles Bronson? Oh yeah. My characters are burning <laughs> on the inside.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> it's it's uh you you're supposed to take a deeper dive into What's going on the internals of the character, not focus so much on the actual outside thing that is called acting.
2: <laughs> Focusing on the guy who's just standing right.
1: there. Yeah. Charles Bronson is not exactly. Uh, I wouldn't exactly say he's Nicholas Coppola.
0: <laughs> no, he's no. definitely doesn't have range. Like, Reserved.
1: Would be a, it uh, con- <laughs> would be a generous compliment. <laughs> OK, uh, who else we got? We got uh, uh, Peggy Lipton in this. Please. Peggy
2: Lipton, who I guess was known for Mod Squad, but now I guess she's just Rashida Jones's mom.
1: She was married to Quincy Jones and birthed Rashida Jones. I had no idea Rashida Jones was the child of Quincy Jones. I had no idea that Peggy Lipton was married to Quincy Jones. Like
2: That Rashida Jones is the child of Quincy Jones and Peggy how, Lipton. That's a thing that happened on Earth. Is-
1: Rashida Jones, not like, like Princess
2: of America. She, why? I don't know because she's too level headed. Yeah, maybe. Like, what the hell? She does good things with her life, and she acts when she's funny. I can't. There's no bad words I could say about there her. Is she is zero. Just something else. I,
1: it, I mean, I know that this doesn't exist, but if Paul Rudd and Rashida Jones made a super baby, it. It would take all over the world, but it wouldn't because it would be too nice and charming and funny and good looking. Well, no, she'd
2: have to have a super baby with somebody else that had like different polar qualities to make another Rashida Jones like a
1: rocket scientist
2: or yeah, something like right. that.
1: Yeah, that would be too much, too much nice, good looking person if it was a Rudd, Rudd Jones team up. <laughs> it would be like... They're private. It would, it, it would, it would become... Dr. Manhattan, it would be too perfect and it would have to live on Mars by itself because it would become bored with humankind. (laughs) Okay. We are talking about uh, a Charles Bronson movie here, right? Uh,
2: Yeah. We got Perry Perry Lopez from Chinatown plays his partner. mm -hmm. Uh, James James Pax, who's in a lot of things, but you'll remember him as the lightning guy from Big Trouble in Little China plays the father. Uh, Juan Fernandez is in a lot of movies, but we only remember him as the bad guy from Crocodile Dundee 2 right. or? Yeah. Yeah,
1: 2. Mm-hmm.
2: And then Cy Richardson, his partner is in fucking everything, but you probably remember him from Repo Man. Bob
1: uh, well, Saget, shout out.
2: Nicole Eggert's in it. Amy Hathaway. Uh, Bill McKinney plays the preacher, and he usually plays like a crazy villain right. in Western movies right. and war yeah. movies. So there's like Alex a lot I of White Bronson. stops by. Alex Hyde White yep. is in yep. this. And that's where I was like, okay, this is going into dark territory already, but Alex Hyde White's <laughs> here, so everything's <laughs> going to be okay, guys. Nice and thing. then he's like, peace out. I can't be in the movie
1: anymore. It would be too happy right. if I stayed. Uh, Okay. You got anything else? Oh, I got a question for you. It's, what do you think? Did this do theaters?
2: It did. <laughs> it made three and a half million... Against the dubious $5 million cannon budget. So it probably, and actually it it probably didn't cost more because these guys were one of the only groups that wasn't just spazzing the cash. Mm. They're like, $5 million. Sounds good. See you later.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. We should probably put a disclaimer on this episode. A trigger disclaimer. I'm going to skip the icky stuff. There's some icky stuff. There's
2: only so much icky stuff you can yeah. skip. Well, like the really icky stuff, yeah. but there's some
1: well, well, stuff you can't well, skip. Thematically we'll we'll address the uh what this film is about, but we'll we'll skip the uh details. Uh,
2: here's my Jackie wants a disclaimer, I'm getting it. This is one of those that's like zero dark thirty. You're gonna walk out of it with the same thing you walked into it, possibly
1: multiplied anger wise. <sighs> I, I think I have a different take than you guys. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll see you at the end. we'll, uh, we'll see you at the end. Okay, but that, it, are we are we ready? It's uh, everybody. Here I'm ready. To, to, okay. Okay. All right. Uh, so basically, what we got going on here is uh, uh, he doesn't even he's his lieutenant Crow. Like that's all his name is is Charlie he Bronson. He Does not have a first yeah. name in the. Screenplay. So I'm not even going to address him as his character's name. He's just Charlie Bronson. Uh, he is a vice cop. Him and his partner. And they have a what appears to be a pre-established nemesis, uh, like a relationship. Like, hey, you're a bad guy. I'm a I'm a tough cop uh, with this Duke guy. Duke is a he's a pimp. Uh, of well, I mean, he's he's a pimp. He's a pimp. He's a sex trafficker. Yeah, he's a, but th- th- th-
0: he, again slash pimp.
1: He's a pimp. Pimps don't just wear big hats and velour and walk with a cane. They're all sex traffickers. Jackie, <laughs> it's synonymous. He's a sex trafficker. Yeah, he is, but he's a pimp. That's what pimps yeah, are. He's a pimp. Okay. Uh And again, you want to say he's a pimp of teenage girls, but again, that's redundant. He's a pimp. He's a pimp. <laughs> uh, not, not shaft goes to Africa. Or Black Bell Jones style pimps. He's just a straight up regular LA pimp. Piece of shit. Yeah. Um, so they're they're stalking him. What was that called when you sit a out, out? Steak stri- out? out? Okay, yeah. Uh, they're they're eating donuts in the car and looking at Duke, and he drops off uh, a young uh Nicole Eggert at a hotel uh to go visit a John. They're like, hey. That girl looks too young. She looks like my daughter's age. And Nicole Eggert was 18 when this film was made. Um, she looks super young. Well, Nicole Eggert always looks young. I think super young. Amy
2: Hathaway was, too. I think that that's, they're young looking, mm-hmm. but, like, there's the, the he's like, yeah, we're going to make a movie about this, but we're not actually going to do that in this right.
1: movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, so they go in, Uh, and they they find her with the John, to which the John is like, you're not arresting me. And then tries to beat up a cop with a gun. Like, uh, everybody wants to beat these cops up. And it's like, dude, none of you guys are qualified. You're the wrong character
0: to be beating up cops. Yeah, you're an accountant Uh with a giant dildo in your briefcase. Yeah, (laughs) I don't think you have what it takes. No.
2: This is the part where cocaine is a hell of a (laughs) drug. That's true. Because he did like four lines Uh first. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to fuck these cops up. And they're like... Work the body. Work the body. Because <laughs> that happens. Like, he's 68 and he looks at it. He's like, it's not, these punches aren't going to come fast, but they're going to land and you're not going to like them.
1: <laughs> so he beats the crap out of this John and then proceeds to rape him with his own dildo. He rapes him in the ass with his own dildo. Off screen, <laughs> thank God. God.
2: Yeah. But that's right when you go, oh, fuck. Oh fuck! This is not a normal Charles Bronson. Movie. Usually,
1: Charlie just shoots the guys, but then he's going above above the law. Uh, hey, that's Charles Bronson holding a huge dildo with a man's butt. Wow! And he says, "Like, let's see how you like it." So he pinned him down and took his time. Like, and and then there's a there's a shot of his partner taking Nicole Eggert away. And he looks over his shoulder and, and his face screams to me, eh, Tuesday.
2: <laughs> Later on in the movie, you find out character wise that this is Bronson. Why he's still on vice is because he's just fucking lone ranger of ass raping dudes with dildos uh-huh. and they can't do it. Like, not put him anywhere else. And the other guy's been stuck on vice because he's on the take. Oh, OK. <laughs> So he's like, okay, that's what he does. I take cash. Yeah, okay, all right. Uh, that's why we're both stuck in this shit job. Uh,
1: and then, how are we even going to do this? This Hada, Hada-san sequence well, that goes on to that, we three have quarters to, of the goddamn movie. Yeah, there's
2: like the culture of Japan, sort of. Is that what this, that,
1: they're trying to say something about Japan's panty fetish or what? I feel like what they were trying
2: to do was like take the grotesque sexual nature of two different cultures and put them in front of you and go, guess what? This is all bad. We could add other cultures. This is all bad. But it doesn't really come across, no. I think. Um, instead, it's meandering and boring. Bef- before we get there, uh-huh. though, he goes home and he's like, Ania, I did something bad at <laughs> work today. <laughs> oh. And she says oh, they probably just got the little Irish in you hard. I'm sure it's nothing that bad. And then they leave it at that. He's like, no, I raped a man with a dildo.
1: They believe it was a German penis that got hard and entered another man. (laughs) Not not Irish. It wasn't a little Irish. It was big and German. (laughs) Mean. Uh, yeah, he's also like, I, I think I'm going to lose my pension. And she's like,
0: well, okie dokie. We'll just go open a tavern so you can yeah, rape we'll,
1: residents. We'll move to Carmel and open a ta- Wait, no, you don't just move to Carmel. You're a cop. You don't make enough money to live in Carmel. Well, maybe that's how the times have changed. <laughs> I don't think so. 1989? <coughs> Carmel, my understanding, Eastwood was the mayor of Carmel in the back in the 80s. Maybe he cleaned it up. I don't know. I, yeah.
2: My uncle lived in Pismo because it was cheap. Yeah, Pismo's not Carmel, though,
1: bud. Okay. Yeah. Car- Pismo's not cheap No, anymore. it's not cheap. Pismo's pretty nice, actually. Uh, I don't know. Either way, he I don't think he gets to live on the coast. It's still on the coast, Sam. He's a cop, and he just lost his pension. I don't think he gets to just move to the coastline or open up a tavern in California at any point in history. Anyways, so this... Tokyo guy, Hada-san. Uh, He's a businessman for some nondescript company that makes widgets, and he's not real good at being a person. (laughs) He's a piece of shit, too. He's a sexist, misogynistic dickbag who explains to his wife that he can do whatever... He wants to other women and her because he provides a good living for his
0: daughters. Right. He makes a lot of money
1: so he can have affairs and it's all business.
0: And she's not good at the sex. Yeah. And And uh, that's why he has to go out with prostitutes. Yeah.
2: And I think one of the things that came across poorly in the presentation of this film was that they were trying to juxtapose what America is viewing, like race, racially against, like oh that happens in Japan, and they're trying to go oh, and in America this happens, uh-huh. which is fucking worse. They're both bad. How about yeah, that?
1: I think that might be trying.
2: Subway groping, not good.
1: It's just, it's so dubious and vague, and like, what are we? I mean, are we? How are? How are we supposed to feel about Hada at any point in this movie? Like also he's our sympathetic figure that the, the whole 30 minute plot of this film is based around. Are we, are we supposed to be like, yes, he's a piece of shit, but you should also still empathize with somebody that has to go through such an awful experience.
2: Again, there's so much going on with this odd movie where you have these Shakespearean character journeys of the bad guy who makes a tragic flaw on the street, uh, the drive-by shooting. <laughs> And that you have this really long tragic character journey of Hada that he's never a good person and he's reaping what he's sown. But you also have Borderlands
1: level uh-huh. boss fights. Uh-huh. All and a man getting a dildo crammed in his ass in the first 20 minutes. Right. And then like Charles Bronson, after this, he comes home and he sees his daughter and she's got a boyfriend there, and he's like, hey, I don't think our daughter should be making out with boys. Also, if she ever wears a swimsuit, I think she should wear a, a entire bathrobe over it while she's swimming, because I don't want people looking at her body.
2: He's behaving like a 68-year-old right? man. So, And that's happening, and his wife's like, I married an old no. man. And then she makes awful jokes, like, what, was the zipper halfway down? And he's like, I just said she was 15. No blowjob jokes.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> so the movie is like also trying to say something about sexuality in women. And I don't know what it's doing. It's just... What what are you trying
2: here, guys? It's just laying it out. They had like... Let's just lay this out here. Plus, it's a canon movie, so we have to have a, a video game boss <laughs> You're fight.
0: You're a canon movie. Well, and I think part of this scene was to show that his daughters were the uh, ja- the Tokyo daughters were Hada's daughters. Hada's daughters were um, obedient mm-hmm. and innocent and kept themselves clean. Mm-hmm. And um, his daughter, the American version of that. She's a loose whore. <laughs> yeah, she's a loose whore. Don't think, not not really. really.
1: She's just a kid. She's just a kid. At no point in time does she ever like Be like, oh, hey, Billy's parents are leaving for the weekend. I think I'm going to go over there. Fuck him. She doesn't do anything like that. No. She just does 15-year-old girl things. And so maybe the film is trying to do that, but then it fails in that completely. I don't know if it does. He's like,
2: so you're telling me a college basketball player is dating my 15-year-old daughter. I don't like this. (laughs) And then his wife's like, but this is America. And he's like, that's why I made this
1: movie. It sucks. <laughs> this is not right. I don't know. I'm going to shoot these yeah, men. I'm going to go shoot, a, uh, do extracurricular justice. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the one part I like about America is that uh, a cop can just shoot you. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> All <laughs> right. So, um. They go to an arena football game, which was weird to see. Uh, And Duke is there. Duke and his man. Like, these guys can't stay away from each other. They're just like, oh, hey, you're here? Yeah, of course I'm here. We like all the same stuff. Uh, Let's be friends. (laughs) So they're like, hey, uh, you see that cap over there? He's got his daughter with him. Let's go fuck with him. I thought here. All right, good. The movie's actually going to start early. Duke is going to go kidnap his daughter, and this is going to have to be, you know, like a Death Wish part six, basically. It doesn't. Duke just goes over to where he's, the concession stand, where Charlie Bronson's ordering a hot dog, and he's like, hey, hot daughter. Oh, yeah? Hot dog. <laughs> Shuts jumps in his face.
2: <laughs> and then he elbows Cy Richardson and knocks him over, like elbows him in the face and takes him out. And his daughter and her best friend are like, go, he's badass! badass. Just smashed hot dogs in that weird man's face.
1: <laughs> her friend looks at her and goes, he is extreme. <coughs> like, and they're Grant, Yeah. Like, like this is full house. <laughs> yeah. Bob Saget. Two in a row. Uh, so back in Tokyo, Hada gets on a subway And he sees a woman get sexually assaulted on the subway. But whether it's too crowded or it's Japanese culture or whatever, she doesn't scream or say anything. And he's like, hey, Japan's pretty cool. I'm horny and gross and awful to people. Uh, I guess it's cool here now. So I'm going to be gross and horny and awful to people more and get away with it. So let's go to L.A. Like, why are you wanting to go to L.A. so bad, Hata? You seem to really thrive in this gross, sexually assaulty culture. Well, there's also a part of his salary that, like,
2: that's sort of like the making the big leagues in a salaryman's life is getting deployed. So he's going to
1: see a lot of cash on okay, this assignment. Right. And then someday I'll come back to Tokyo where I can really be a scumbag some more.
2: Yeah, he'll be able to... Sit in the corner office and just be nefarious until his retirement. I'm gonna,
1: I'm gonna go to Soapland on the weekends. And uh, what
0: the hell is Soapland? Oh, you missed mm. you
1: missed that episode too, huh? Uh, watch, oh, watch the QAnon conspiracy uh, documentary on HBO.
0: <laughs> You'll learn about Soapland. Oh my god, we're not, not
1: going to address it here.
0: <laughs> it just sounds really dirty. Well,
1: it's a it's a place called Soapland, and it's in Japan. Put things together. Okay, he slipped and fell on a bar of soap. (laughs) That's what you do at So Planned. Whoop! Comedy (laughs) hijinks. Don't ever go to Banana Kingdom. (laughs) Okay, so Bronson, uh, he, again, just cut to this. Bronson's like, hey, Duke, I'm in your car. Drive. Duke's like, what are you doing here? Are you going to arrest me? No, drive out to this abandoned lot.
0: Oh, but he does preface to make this completely fair and legal. Uh, I'm not doing this for the department right. uh, or for my job. Uh-huh. I just fucking hate you. This is just between you and me. I just fucking hate you. Yep. So
1: Duke is like, hey, man, you're a cop. You don't make very much money. And I hear you want to open up a tavern in Carmel. It's pretty expensive up there. It's next to Monterey. Monterey's not exactly a cheap place either. But now you're building houses on stilts. You're going to need some help, bud with this with this plan and i know what pensions get you know it's enough to put bombs on buses so um here's your watch here's a watch you start with this you get a gold watch and you put it on a bomb and then uh you put it on a bus and that bus will take you to carmel and then you can open up your tavern. <laughs> <laughs> and charles bronson's like i don't like gold watches <laughs> he says this
2: i'd shove this up your ass but i dirty my hands <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then but there's a
2: long a awkward a pause life.
0: yeah
2: and then there's a long awkward pause and he goes you're gonna eat this That's so weird and then he fucking makes him eat it and the guy's like i'm gonna die and i'm like he is gonna <laughs> die you can't swallow a watch if you could,
1: even if you get it past and, that you gotta poop it out at some point you gotta get surgery yeah
2: then bronson turns to him and he goes no you won't but you will have to stick your legs, your head between your legs to read the time. <laughs> I fall out of my chair laughing, because that's like an fu to all of the liners out there. Like I made a man swallow a watch, so he had to look at his own ass to see what time it is. Like fu, Schwarzenegger, Eastwood, all of them.
1: Uh, and then he dumps a bunch of trash in his car, and Duke is like, "What are you doing with that?" he's like I'm lighting your car on fire
0: <laughs> fuck it
1: <laughs> you're gonna stop pimping or I'm gonna kill you. and then he just walks away and Duke is like bad day
2: <laughs> he's trying to be like you are gonna get my justice I'm gonna fucking kill you and Bronson's like whatever pal <laughs> over- I just
1: burnt your car down and made you eat a watch <laughs> how do you think it's gonna go next time <laughs> Uh, all right. So Hada, he arrives in LA and uh, his family's moved there now. And some time goes by before we even deal with them. Just know that they're there. And uh, Duke and his man, uh, sometime later, they they scope out some fresh off the busers. They're just cruising the streets looking for people that they can uh, uh, sex traffic. And they see two fresh off the busers looking around and like they're uh, headed directly towards Sunset Boulevard. And uh, the jungle's about to eat them up. It's about to. Swallow, open its maw, and Guns N' Roses is gonna grab them and pull them in, and you know, Jungle Song. They're cake sniffers. E N R. Yeah, they're fresh off the bus, man. They're they're gonna have to. They can't afford the deli. Yeah. yeah. Joe's deli. They, they they go to a deli and start breathing on the window <laughs> like <they're> freaking <laughs> Oliver Twist. <laughs> Please, sir. I kind of like that part. Can I make? Can we have some of your meats?
0: <laughs> Are you going to finish that? <laughs> we'll eat out of the dumpster. We're not above it. That food does look quite delicious.
1: <laughs> it's a sandwich. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, if you've made the bus trip to L.A., you probably should have brought enough money to at least buy a sandwich. <laughs> You're not going to make it.
0: Maybe they were robbed on the bus.
1: I don't know. Um, so he's like, oh, that's perfect. And then they move away from the window. And Charles Bronson is sitting inside enjoying some of those delicious sandwiches. And they're like, hey, look, there he is. Hand me my Uzi. (laughs) (laughs) They shoot the freaking place up. They don't (laughs) kill anybody but Joe from the deli. They killed Joe. (laughs) And it was not just a joke. It's not like, hey, that old guy that looks like he might be good at making sandwiches, that's probably Joe. Later in the chief's office, he's like, you killed Joe, my sandwich (laughs) man. You killed
2: Joe's blood is on your hands. And then Bronson is like, and his mustard is on my
1: tie. <laughs> and and Duke's face. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so Joe's dead. And they swear vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> sandwiches. Everybody's supposed to, because
2: Bill McKinney, the preacher, he likes Joe's deli, too. He's getting the sandwiches. Everybody gets Joe's deli
1: in the movie. So this is like... Revenge time. I mean, one could argue that the plot actually starts here if it didn't take this other direction of trying to tell us that society is sexually gross. Uh, It could just be a simple revenge plot, guys. Could have been a fun movie.
2: In the movie, it it kind of is, because before, he's just freelancing, Mm -hmm. going over the line on this vice assignment, but now it's hit home. They've taken one of theirs, (laughs) Joe from the deli, and they mean business. Even the captain's like no more bullshit also get that son of a bitch that killed you joe that dirty motherfucker because it, it, it is they, they got him for murder now it's true that's the yep. thing they dad shit on him mm-hmm. before now they got him for murder go out and do some work yeah. or maybe we should get the murder guys on
1: this i don't know <sighs> so had he's enjoying america thoroughly he's drunk all the time out with prostitutes and uh uh, he's grabbing some boob here and there and he ends up on a bus too drunk and hey look it's Charles Bronson's daughters there okay this movie's maybe gonna tie some things together well he tries the bus thing uh, uh from Jap- Japan with her and she screams and uh, which then causes the bus to stop everybody pile out and a rumble to erupt out in the streets this is great because she screams he's like
2: oh fuck I gotta get out of uh-huh. here and then the nun sister's like what happened? And she's like, a man touched me. He was an Oriental. Uh, and she's like, that's for rugs. They're Asians. Um, is it? I don't know. I was told that by a white person. So it's unreliable information. Uh, and then a guy in denim on denim's like, isn't these sons of bitches. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. The Canadian tuxedo is the uniform of street right. justice.
1: <laughs> and then there's a brawler up. A rumble. They just all start fighting each other. Oh, man, is this just like, is this Sunset Boulevard in 1989? I mean, is this the jungle? <laughs> this is why street
2: justice shouldn't happen, because it always goes sideways.
1: <laughs> and then hot is like, whew, man, that was close. I almost go, oh, God, a mugger and a mugger grabs him. In the middle of the street, cops pull up, and the guy is just like doing the Homer Simpson crawl sliding me into the bushes thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
2: there's real crime happening, but the guy in the Canadian tuxedo serving up street justice is obstructing the police's ability (laughs) to stop it. There's a lot of things about society that's said in this movie. And then he goes home and has sex with his wife.
0: (laughs) Weird. For the first time
2: this was. This is awful, actually. He goes home and he's like, I am not a man anymore. And then she gets on top of him and he comes instantly. <laughs> and then she gets sad and she looks at him and she's like, after so many years, why now? And he says, "Like, oh, I'm vulnerable or something. And like starts to hug her. And I'm like, what a
1: horrible marriage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so weird. Um, so Bronson, he, uh, he gets pissed at every Asian person on the planet. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he goes to, like, a hotel and just starts yelling at Japanese people. You're ruining the country. You don't belong here. This is L.A., not Tokyo. You're fucking double parked. You're fucking double parked. You are obstructing the walkway. You're obstructing the the thoroughfare. And for God's sakes, you're all obstructing me.
1: Yeah. And while we're on the subject, there's no replacement for displacement. Your little turbos, get them out of here. (laughs) I like a big block. Then a skyline (laughs) blows by at 180. He's like, shit, that's fast. Because that's what he's he's like. I mean, I totally thought he was going to start, like, dissing Japanese cars. (laughs) I don't. He was almost there. But he did.
2: It's, like, real. Like, he's like, you're obstructing me. Like, I never had a problem with his character. (laughs) Because he's playing it. He's like, oh, fuck, I'm racist. (laughs) Fuck.
1: (laughs) Okay, so some days later, uh, Duke is stalking Hattie's daughter. Uh, He sees her and is like, that's one I can steal. And so he's like, hey, uh, teenage girl who is later declared to be in high school. uh, You seem like you are stupid and would get in a car with a stranger get in this car. And she's like, okay. And she is kidnapped and sex trafficked. And at no Uh, point does she go, no?
0: (laughs) she, She doesn't scream. She's completely obedient. I mean, is she
1: just an idiot? Or are they trying to say that we're glossing over the unrealism here? Or that Japanese girls are just if a man says something to you, you do what he says. I just don't. It's weird, but anyways. So we're gonna skip over a bunch of things that are not fun to her. But essentially, long story short, uh, she's turned sh- into a prostitute.
0: Yes, uh, three times over.
1: Yeah. Uh, and uh, so Dad Hata calls the cops, of course, and Charlie Bronson finds out about it, and like immediately. Uh, and he's like, I can't be on this case. I hate all Asians. There. Food is not good, and uh, I prefer Denon over Sony, so... Yeah. And the
2: captain's like, Oh, you think you're racist? Well, you're wearing an LAPD badge. Now go back
1: to your job. (laughs) That's why we hired you. He's like, fuck, I need to change as a person. we got two departments here. Cops that beat up black people and cops that beat up Asian people. You're on the Asian side, so what do you think you're here for?
2: I was trying to change my heart. It takes time, according to Steven
1: Segal, <laughs> <and> Mike Starr. I am on a new path. I'm headed up to Carmel. I'm actually gonna I'm gonna say Asians are welcome on Tuesdays. <laughs> that's that's the next step, okay? Everyone
2: can come in, provided they give me money. Uh, Hello, good <laughs> sir. That's what I'll say.
1: <laughs> so he meets with Hada, and he's a total racist piece of shit to him. Uh, and he's like, of course your daughter was kidnapped. You're Japanese. You, you're, you're ruining this country. It's your fault. You son of a bitch. Cause of your face and your efficient transportation system and, uh, superior education for your children and your earthquakes and tsunamis and it's your fault. <laughs> your daughter was kidnapped in America. Okay. So uh And then he's like, they leave, and he's like, man, I was really happy to get out of there. Why? Because you don't like Asians? No, I don't like people with emotions. <laughs> yeah. I don't like, uh, yeah, that guy was crying, and she was crying, and I just don't go for that that stuff. You know? That's hard shit to deal with. I'm going to go kill
2: yeah, some I guys like now. People.
0: And what's weird is that he doesn't even, like, think, oh, it's Duke. I'm just going to go find right? Duke. Right.
1: This guy have been my nemesis that he and I have been steadily escalating our war against each other on. Uh, I mean, I I worked outside of the law. It's not like I I have a problem with uh, not getting a warrant and going to his place, busting in the door and start fucking some shit up. I have no problem with that. I lit his car on fire and made him swallow a watch. Nope. I don't think it's Duke. This just doesn't seem like his thing. His thing is uh, trafficking underage girls.
0: Eh, potato, potato, you know. It just doesn't feel right. <laughs> I think he only markets in whites. Yeah. He's not a suspect. Okay.
1: So then they get radioed uh, that uh, Kamiko, the daughter, has been spotted at uh, the uh, Palms Hotel. and So they, they run in there real quick. And it appears to be... Actually, a case of mistaken identity, maybe some racism. They they all look the same. Uh, And also a porn shoot for the worst, most boring porn that's ever existed.
2: Yeah, I expect better from men on that much cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This is like those boring Playboy free DVDs where they're just like, "Ah, I'm naked and somebody's putting a feather on me. I'm like, this
1: is not doing a thing for right me. right oh weird and so they bust in and they're like hey look you got a bunch of coke over here and naked ladies uh you're all under arrest i've got a freaking 45 pointed at you and then the porn crew guys are like hell no we're not going down <laughs> we're porn crew guys we have I don't know if you know much about porn crew guys, but we have a bit of reputation for being the toughest beast men that have ever lived. Said no one ever. Again, with cocaine being a hell of a drug, they're like, (laughs) we're going to fuck these cops up. And he's like, work the body, work the body. I mean, if you've ever seen a behind the scenes of a porn shoot, all everybody that works in porn behind the camera are D&D players. I mean, they are the nerdiest of nerd nerds. None of them are tough guys.
2: No, they would have been like, oh, yeah, sorry. I guess you're going to have to arrest the producers for their massive
1: consumption of cocaine. (laughs) I just work here. I I hold the camera. I'm the boom mic guy. I am not equipped to fight cops that have guns.
2: If you hear the sounds that are going into my ears right now, you would think they should
1: take this out of the movie. (laughs) So they beat the crap out of these porn shoe guys because they attack them. I mean, it's hilarious, uh, but of course they roll the naked lady over, and it's not Fumiko. She's just high on cocaine and doing boring porn. She's got it pretty good, actually. Like, ooh, sorry, she didn't. She didn't even get no. up during this
2: toss. She's like, oh hey. Uh. I figured I'd stay still because this is just a porn shoot. I don't know why everybody else got so freaked out. Nobody yelled
1: cut. (laughs) She's the Marlon Brando of porn.
2: (laughs) I was staying in character. They said pretend I was dead and another naked lady would put a feather on my butt.
1: I don't see how that's hot. But hey, I am a professional. I'm just acting. I am the Andy Kaufman of Playboy videos. Oh my god! Okay, so uh, uh, they so they don't have a lead. So he he goes to back to this church and he meets with Nicole Egert and she, he's like, "Hey, that Duke guy's a real scumbag." And she's like, "Actually, he was pretty cool." Uh, what? Well, he took you away from your parents. Well, my dad beat me and uh, molested me from the age of twelve. Uh, yeah, him and his friends
0: passed me around like a coke can.
1: Okay, well, how about school? Uh, no, we had to do gun shooting drills all the time and uh somebody did come in and shoot up the place so school sock oh uh how about your boyfriend um uh, my boyfriend died in vietnam eh uh okay what else do i got dog dog got hit by a car oh hmm yeah i guess duke was a better option for y'all go now <laughs> there's a lot of this it's like
2: yeah this is what's happening and he's like fuck i'm an old man why is this happening <laughs>
1: But she does let it let give him a little clue that Duke sometimes goes to this gentleman's warehouse uh to at night to play dice. He only buys his pants from Rosario's. And plays dice in the evenings at a gentleman's warehouse. You're gonna like the way you look. Also, let's let's shoot some bones. <laughs> I guarantee it. I mean, what? Who plays dice at a pant store? <laughs> You've got nothing better to do. I guarantee it. <laughs> but then she calls Rosario's and is like, hey, uh, you might want to tell Duke that cop- cops are on the way. Oh, yeah? Why? How would you get that information? Um, because I told him, all right, we'll send somebody over to take you out right now. Rub them out. You can't rat them out to the cops and then be like, oh, by the way, Duke, um, cops are coming. So Duke pulls up and they tail him. And he goes, uh, he knows that they're onto him. And so he pulls into a parking garage. They can't get into the parking garage. So they go to the front desk of this apartment building. And the security guard's like, uh, I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, we got all sorts of people to live here. And uh, Charles Bronson's like, oh, yeah? Well, how about a statue to the face? And so he grabs the statue and throws it at the security guard guy. And the security guard guy's like, go to room 109. They go up to room 109. Yeah. He actually goes, give me the room number, shit face. <laughs> And so that cop or that that security guard calls up to Duke and he's like, yeah, there's a couple of cops on their way up there. And so Duke gets all his stuff together and a couple of his bitches and leaves and leaving his man there to deal with Fumiko. And the man's just, his man's like, hey, get out of here. We got to go. And Fumiko's like, I locked myself in the bathroom. And uh, then Charles Bronson comes in and he's like, hey, where's Duke? And his man is like, screw you. Oh yeah, well, I'll shove a watch up your butt and a dildo down your throat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling you shit. So cop. They,
2: <coughs> they do the dance like, oh, you ain't got nothing. You gotta have to take me in, da 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 da. And then Bronson looks at his partner and he gives him the wink and he's like, let's throw this guy over the over the balcony. <laughs> And then he's like, oh shit, you're playing hardball. Okay, no, no, I don't know anything. I really don't. Put me down, put me down. And then they fucking drop him (laughs) on accident.
0: He was slipping in his fancy Italian leather boots. He's like, put me down,
1: guys. And they look. And they're like, give us us the dirt. Give us the. Whoa, wait, where'd you go? (laughs) When he
2: slips and falls and they look at each other, Bronson. Does some of his only acting in the movie where he's like, oh, shit. He has that look on his face. And the other guy's like, this is why we don't do this. We do this every time we do this. We lose the guy. We're old. We can't hold him over the balcony anymore.
1: Uh, And that just goes away. That whole thing goes away.
2: The girl hears all of the commotion Uh and she comes out and watches it. And she's like, oh, that sucks for that guy. Also, you have found me. I am sorry I have put you through this trouble. And they're like, well, we found her, so we can say that that there was something that happened that ended up with him over there, yeah. I guess, because that was fucking murder. So what's murder. that guy
1: doing down there? I don't know, man. We showed up, and he just ran and jumped out the balcony.
0: <laughs> he took his shoes off and went for it. Yeah,
1: and then handed his shoes to us, and that's why we're holding them. <laughs> so he's like, hold my shoes. I'll be back for them later. But he, I don't think he's coming back for them. <laughs>
2: He made it into the pool, but it didn't. He it was too far up. He's dead still. But th- maybe he thought he was going to get away,
1: <laughs> or you know, he's uh, trying out. He's seen Greg Louganis. Uh Shoes shoes aren't good for diving. What now? Watch this. <laughs> Hold my beer. That's yeah. Did you hear him say, "Hold my beer"? Because <laughs> I I'm pretty sure I heard him say that. Uh, he's dead. Uh, we'll be going now. Uh, <laughs> internal affairs. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> This is all wrapped up. <laughs> all right. So uh, sometime later, Mr. and Mrs. Hatta, they drop off a gift uh, at, at char- the, the Bronson family's house. And the daughter's like, uh, that's the dude that tried to finger me on the bus. And he's like, oh, crap. That's the girl that I tried to finger on the bus. And then nothing happens with that.
0: I think if the present would have been there's, shit, she would have ran out that door and been like, that's him. Yeah, because he leaves and she opens
1: up the present and it's like this really cool uh kabuki doll and she's like, no. Oh, if I I mean, I'd like this a lot. <laughs> I want to give it
0: back. <laughs> it's evidence.
2: Feel like there's this whole thing where they're staring at each other and it's supposed to be like we see her see his regret and know how much she knows the regret now because his daughter just got Turned into a prostitute. Uh-huh.
1: I don't. But that doesn't so come across she, at all.
2: <laughs> yeah, she just shuts yep. up and she's like, "Oh, I got free, got free shit."
1: Me. Uh. And then I guess Cam- Fumiko kills herself. I don't.
2: Yeah, she in the most horrible fashion. This is actually, I think, the hardest thing to watch in the movie is that she had snuck some heroin out uh-huh. with her, and then she dresses up ceremonially. Shoots up heroin and then ties her legs ties together her legs before together. she ODs and dies. It what? is. I was like, oh what god. What is the tying
1: the legs together thing?
2: I'm guessing that was something she felt she needed to do after the things that had happened to like, her.
0: These aren't opening ever again. Like yep. symbolic. Yeah, nobody's going to ever touch me like that again. Huh. It's awful. And it it almost it is hard to it watch. Also makes I thought it was weird and dubious. I thought it was um, like ceremonial. I've shamed my family. Yeah, maybe I'm no longer clean. Uh-huh. That's that's what I kind of took from it.
1: Yeah, I think it just could have been delivered better. But
0: I, I just thought it was just a horrible. Like it, it was very much the victim blamed herself. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, totally. for what had happened right. to her. Yeah, I just think it could have been delivered better. Just wasn't delivered very well none of this is it's all very heavy stuff and none of it is handled
2: i feel like if they is. delivered any of it as hard as they could have delivered this movie would be fucking unviewable and you'd barf on yourself the whole time it, it should was on. be
1: it this when you go down this road this should be the goddamn deer hunter and instead it's a comic book yeah it well, sucks it's a bronson movie uh, god damn it okay So uh, they then very dubiously piece together where Duke is, because she left a poem that was written in uh, Japanese. uh, That's a haiku. Yeah, it's a haiku. And she's like, I'm a little boat that goes over the horizon, and there's a big boat. And he's like, she's the little boat because she's from Japan. They're on the other side of the ocean, so that's the horizon. And then there's a big boat. She's telling us he's on a boat. Hey, what's that thing that that guy had in his pocket it's it's tampico long beach and we thought it was a restaurant that's got to be the name of a boat and it's like oh god damn it this is stupid and then the captain's like tampico's hot sauce you not no, Tampico is juice you're thinking of tapatio okay. tampico was delicious orange drink that <laughs> is you're right so they go down to long beach and they find the the tampico and they're on it and there's, they get spotted because Duke just happens to have military-style binoculars <laughs> they are huge. Like, you can see the Craters of the Moon with these binoculars. These are really, nice, really binoculars. nice binoculars. And uh, he's like, okay, let's get out of here. Let's get in the car. And they're like, uh, well, they're blocking the only way. Oh, don't worry about it. And a crane comes down. And it smashes into Bronson's car. And it stabs his partner with its clawy bits. <coughs> and it's pulling him up. And it's gonna drop him, and Charles Bronson climbs out onto the crane just as just in time for the car to drop to the ground and get smashed. He climbs out on the crane,
2: and so now you what you have happening, and the crane operator is still trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. So you've got the sixty-eight year old Bronson on mm-hmm. a crane, shooting down with a snub nose three fifty seven, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and uh he takes the driver out of the limousine on their escape attempt, right. and that guy crashes, so the The drug with a pimp is like, everybody get the fuck out of this car. I'm taking it over. Why?
1: (laughs) Why do we have to go (laughs) Well, he's
2: taking the car. He's like, you're not going to want to go where I'm going. (laughs) In
1: circles. I'm going in
2: circles. They're like, okay, that sounds
1: reasonable. (laughs) I hate circles.
2: Meanwhile, Bronson has shot the man running the crane. And now the crane, which in a couple shots, you can see it tethered because they're swinging it around Uh so fast. The claw would become too dangerous. Uh, The crane... Has become part of the boss fight. It's now the, it's the environmental object that must be stopped, but it's difficult to concentrate on the actual boss who has just started tearing ass all over the (laughs) harbor willy nilly style in a limousine. He's not trying to get away. He's not, he's just becoming hard to shoot. (laughs) And that's why this is now a video game boss fight. It's like the clock, the timer goes on if you're in challenge mode right now at this and point.
1: Of course, every boss fight in every video game has to have exploding barrels. Guess what this one does too?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's part of the thing is that if you have environmental hazards, you have to use the environment to defeat many of the ob- many of the foes or obstacles because... It's an environmental hazard. So it just works out like, oh, if the environment is attacking me as well as the boss, I have to use the environment to my effective strategy.
0: So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put my gun really close to the ground and shoot off a bullet.
1: Which, because I guess there was gasoline at some place leaking from some place.
2: Well, with the crane spinning around, we're seeing how much damage that claw is doing to everything around them. So there's, like, spilled gas, there's sparks shooting everywhere, there's, like, large things falling, it's getting, it's breaking buildings, knocking shit over. Meanwhile, there's a guy on cocaine just hooning around in a limousine. (laughs) And he's got his guys are, like, freelancing now. They're like, I guess we're going to shoot this guy. And they take cover behind a bunch of gasoline. And Bronson's like... That's stupid. Explode now.
1: (laughs) And it all boils down to finally the crane knocking everything over and Charles Bronson has nowhere to go. He's down by the by the water and Duke is about to run him over and guns it. And then the crane comes and smashes Duke and his limo into the harbor. And he's out in the water. Help me. Help me. I can't swim. I'm a pimp. Am, we're not supposed to be wet. Yeah, and
2: it's funny because you see Bronson crack a smile, and the camera pan like there's a jib uh, raise where you just start to see all of the destruction caused by not calling for fucking backup when you found uh-huh. him. And you're like, I guess he's gonna let him drown because he's that kind of a guy. And the movie's like, uh no, wait a Jeff.
1: Yeah, so he, I guess he dives in and gets him and takes him to jail. And puts him in the rapey section of prison. That's what you get. Oh, hey, and there's Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo's like, I'm going to have sex with your butt. <laughs> and I think the guy that he ends up in the cell with was the Iron Sheik.
2: I couldn't tell who that guy was, but he was... It wasn't the Iron okay. Sheik.
1: Sure looked uh, like the Iron Sheik.
2: He's the Hollywood Heavy, if nothing else. But yeah, he's like, shut up. I hate when people bitch when I'm raping yeah. them. And he's yelling...
1: Fuck you, Bronson, the whole time. And that's the end of the movie. Poetic justice. (laughs) See how you like it. One time I shoved a dildo up a John's ass, you know, like he does. Now you're going to get... I'll uh, see myself out. (laughs) You know. You know what you're going to get? You're going to get some titties drawn on your back. All right, that's the movie. (laughs) That's the movie. Questions. Jackie. You. Okay. Question mark.
0: You, question mark. Yes. <laughs> it's just it was just. The whole thing when you break it down is just so disgusting. Sam.
1: I don't have any questions. I have one. How okay. does the Amazon Prime star rating system work? Because this movie out of five stars had a 4.5. But then right next to it, you go. it shows the IMDb star rating, which is out of 10, is a 5.5. So I'm like, where does that star rating on Amazon Prime come from? I can't rate this movie on Amazon Prime. So I go, I'm like, okay, I'll go to the website. Maybe it's there. I look it up on Amazon Prime. It says currently streaming and on my phone. And it's got a five and a half star rating on Amazon. So where's that 4.5 come from? Because this isn't the first time I've noticed this huge, massive discrepancy. Between the star system on Amazon Prime and IMDb and the quality of the movie itself. <laughs> I feel like what's
2: happening with the star system here is that a bunch of people that have wanted to see this for a long time
1: finally got to see it. And so where 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 did that rating come from? Because you can't rate it. They all liked where, they, it, I guess. You can't I, rate it, Sam. That's what I'm saying. I don't know, you know that. You can't give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down like you can on Netflix or star rating or anything. <laughs> Even if you go to their website, because that website has a different star rating than the star rating that shows up on the Amazon
0: Prime app. I don't know where those stars came from. <laughs> Makes no sense. That's we're, my question. <laughs> we're not able to rate things. Or at least my, my account is blocked. I'm not able to give ratings no, on Amazon. I don't think you can. No, I don't not think anybody products. can. You can't rate and review on products on the website? Nope. Weird. It says that when I try to leave like a positive review for something that I like, uh-huh. it says that your account has been deactivated from rating. Wow! You got canceled. <laughs> Golden yeah, Jordan. You're like
1: <laughs> we require no more of your opinions. <laughs> Thank you. We get enough of it on your podcast.
0: Well, it happened when I left a very negative rating for a dress company that tried to fucking scam me. Uh-huh. And I put the whole thing on the website.
1: You put them on blast. Yeah. And they were like, nope.
0: (laughs) And it was almost like. That's not
1: what this rating system is for, ma'am.
0: Yeah. You can't say that you returned the dress and then they handed it to an employee and then they still said that they never got the dress.
1: Yep, you got canceled. Okay. Why are we talking about this? Anyways, uh, final recommendations, I guess, is where we're going to move to. And I'm going to go first because this is how I want to handle this. Uh, this isn't a good movie. And it's not just because of its icky material, it's because it's not a good movie. Mistakes were made all over the place because, again, the movie, the plot of the movie, I. I get the best I could come up with is Fumiko's kidnapping. And that takes place at minute 55. There isn't a plot. It's just wandering, ambling character studies that have nothing to do with anything for 55 out of 137 minutes. Uh, or not 137 it's minutes, it's it would be 97.
2: Social realism injected into an action movie and it doesn't really work at right. all. Right.
1: So, like... The handling of Fumiko is bad. Um, it's it's not. We know what's going on with her. But it's tre- still treated fairly with kid gloves. It, it wants. Again. It, I'm trying. I directly compare it to the deer hunter. It's trying to be the deer hunter. But it doesn't want to be. And isn't willing to go the distance. And make the movie about one goddamn thing. Even if it is icky. It's just. Hey, I'm a cop and I'm above the law. And uh, it's it's part death wish, it's part uh, uh, icky stuff, it's part uh, you know fun. Yeah, you know you like you like action movies, right? And I just it could have been done better, and it could have honestly been a good movie if it had been focused, and it wasn't.
2: If it had been made by three guys that weren't on the last nickel that they got from Canon, yeah, right. right? It's not, it's standard fare for these three. They gave it a little bit harder of a try than they did because they found the script to be interesting. Yeah. But like they
1: were all 68 to almost 80 when they made like, this. Think about Hada and Bronson. Like that character entwining... And compare it to a movie that I don't necessarily like, but it did win all the Oscars: Crash. You know, a uh, 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 loose uh, slice of life so that end up being all connected together. Blah blah blah. But his hatred for Asian people and then his empathy for this father who's a, had sexually assaulted his own daughter isn't run with at all. It's avoided. It's wrapped up in a in a in a box that has a kabuki doll in it literally and it's like dude that's actually a really good plot line and instead you wanted to shoot people in the face with guns and throw mustard at at pies and just have this weird rivalry between Duke and Bronson that doesn't really mean anything to us
2: Charles Bronson always wanted to make movies that weren't Charles Bronson but nobody wanted that so this is as close as he probably ever got it could
1: have been like wow Charlie Bronson went out on top Like, there's something here that could have been good. Like, legit good. And it was a canon movie instead, uh, which is sad. Um, I can't recommend this at all. Uh, It has its moments where they drop the guy is like, whoa, funny. Uh, The boss fight at the end is the watch. But the rest of it, it's just, it's so ambly. And it's not even the icky stuff that bothers me. To say, to say don't watch because lots of movies have achy stuff. Again, the Deer Hunter. Uh but no, it's just too boring.
0: Don't. Jackie. I'm gonna give it a do. Oh. Um I just really found the humor in <laughs> this movie just you can't get away from it. Joe from the deli, the watch. <laughs> Don't run that <laughs> um burning up his car uh-huh. i mean there's just something satisfying about seeing like a, a complete fucking piece of shit for a human being just mm-hmm. go through some really <laughs> awful shit and you're like ah, <laughs> eat shit motherfucker i hope that the next guy that comes around helps you get the watch out of your butt <laughs> that, that mugger guy comes yeah. around he's like give me your watch and yeah. wallet. it's stuck that, up my butt that's our question is it still up there <laughs> i mean where is the watch yeah it doesn't seem like he really had time to go out and like you know because you certainly if you're gonna
1: pass a watch the last place you want to pass a watch is in prison right
2: <laughs> i don't think you can pass i don't think you can get a watch in your stomach
1: i don't know <laughs> i mean our dog ate a a, a freaking turkey baster and it was huge.
2: <laughs> yeah, but dogs have a throat that is meant to swallow things whole. <laughs> this...
0: Humans do not. I guess we do have to chew. I'm not sure. <coughs> so yeah, that, that's where I'm at with it. It's um, it's those little moments that you just are like, yeah.
1: Okay, interesting. I wasn't expecting that, Sammy.
2: Well, I think if you're a Bronson person, it's a must. There's not that many of you out there. there I think it's probably a do for me because by the time it gets to the end of it, they didn't go there where they could have gone. That would have made it like I need to lay on my side Mm -hmm. and think about life for two hours after it's over. And because of how much of a mess it is, like that was the only problem I had with it is I thought I was going to feel as bad as the deer hunter. In fact, I actually listened to heavy things by fish afterwards to sort of like calm down. (laughs) And, uh, but I, not only do I recommend it, I think it's a do, I think I am going to watch it again. Wow.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I, man, I wish it was one or the other instead of two movies mashed into one. If it was, if it was the revenge story of Joe's Joe of Joe's deli, I would have loved it. If it was a dark introspective, uh, I probably would have liked it, but instead it's a, it's a- comedy mashed into a sex prostitution thing and it's not
2: I to get where jackie is I laughed out loud like
1: five yeah, times I did too. by myself I did, too. I did too so yeah I'm on the, I guess it's a at uh, it, it best I will say that it's just barely not a do from me so if uh, two out of 3 stinker madness ho say do it's probably a do then so not that I'm changing but anyways, uh, <laughs> next week is Jackie's pick. I'm assuming you've got nothing lined up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you would be right, sir. <laughs> oh.
1: Oh, uh, Jackie,
2: Sheena just came on <coughs> Amazon. Sheena? Yeah, the spinoff of
1: Beastmaster. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah. Just came on. Sheena is
0: a punk rocker. Oh, yeah, I'm totally watching that. Um, <laughs> You know, I'm going to find something. Okay. All right, well. Uh, I should mention
2: before we go because I did have to do a little bit of Amazon digging to revisit what's been gone, what's now here. A movie that I had a very hard time not picking and I will never pick because I think it's actually a pretty good movie. Just showed up on Prime. Again, I think it was there for a while, but it hasn't been in a long time. Dead and Buried mm-hmm. is on Prime and if you've never seen Dead and Buried stop what you're doing right now and watch Dead and Buried. Oh,
1: cool. Good movie. Uh, Alright, that's your show. Enjoy your week guys. Get to the chocolate.